This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Hey, Bolt fam, and welcome to another episode of the Charged Up Bolts podcast, episode 88, I do believe. Um, I'm your host, John Was Jr. Today, just joined by my good buddy, John Ayres. Uh, Elliot Bermudez is away seeing family in Spain. Breaking news. I think he's a secret Raiders fan because he doesn't own any Chargers gear. I've asked him today to post some uh, images of him in his Chargers gear rocking around in Spain. He hasn't taken any with him. So uh, if, you, if you find Bez on, on Twitter, give him some grief. Uh, Dan King's not with us today. but So it's just you and I, John. How's things over in Dripping Springs in the United States of America? Uh, it's actually quite nice here. We got some rain. The weather's cooled off a little bit. It's just kind of been a, it almost feels like fall is starting to show up a little early. We'll see. It's, it's only been a few days of cooler weather and rain. So yeah, we had a quite a torrential downpour in London today, uh, on the way into work, uh, a few bumps and scrapes on, on the highway, but looking coordinator there, John 33 Navy yellow hat and the yellow straw. Loving it, man. Loving it. Got to do what I got to do, man. Hey, I, I like your coordination too. That that new hat is uh, is nice. Yeah, I thought I'd just get myself. And then they've just released another sideline cap. So, yeah, I can't go there just yet. But, yeah, I'm feeling nostalgic. Philip Rivers today. So, all good. So, uh, yeah, preseason uh, is, is almost done. Another game. Um, Dallas came and did a job. Did we expect to win? Did it matter? Did we expect some of our players to show up well some of them did but special teams didn't and it really pissed off uh Brandon Staley that's sort of a a I don't want to say nasty streak but a, sort of a sterner streak that we've seen to uh Brandon's uh uh personality there John what do you think um you know I think it's just to be honest there's nothing surprising to me right now I think everything is kind of how we saw it and what I like the most is that what I'm seeing more than anything else is that words and actions are syncing up, right? He says, this is the plan. And then that's what happens. Right. And no, maybe last year didn't turn out the way we expected, but I think he had a plan and it went as kind of mostly as the plan said, right? Players have to play, you know, sometimes a few calls either way could change some luck. But I think what we're seeing ultimately is that there is a plan in place by Staley and he says, Hey, this is how we're going to act. This is how we're going to be. And everybody's falling in line with it. Everybody loves it, you know, and the decisions from the roster to the way that they do practice to everything is all falling in line with that. And I love it. You know, like there's nothing that's Staley is just like, he feels authentic. Right. And there's something about an authenticity and an honesty that trickles down to the whole organization, everything from cutting uh, players to signing players, to players wanting to be there to players saying, Hey, this team is different. Like every little bit is authentic. Brandon Staley, and I love it. Yeah. The, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, whether it's that chemistry within the, the, the locker room, but I, was, I don't know if you've seen the, the, some of the uh, shorter videos on Chargers YouTube. I think it's Sebastian Joseph Day camping out. They've had Joey Bosa on. They've had Herbert on. They've had a bit of a, a laugh and a smile and a joke. But there seems to be a chemistry there, and I think it's the case of, either get on the Chargers train and move forward or get off it. You know, it's as if Brandon Staley's been there long enough now and he's sat out his stall and he's saying, do you know what? I don't want passengers. 
I want everyone that can step up to the plate to do their job and do it well, which is the kind of the narrative you get from, from any boss in, in any organisation, any sport. But um, we're starting to see and hear things like you say, you know, uh, Tavon Campbell, he got cut the other day. You know, he, he made a couple of splash plays last season, but nothing significant enough or consistent enough didn't have the quality to uh, take the charges to the next level. And I think he's got a ruthless streak to him, Brandon Staley, and we're starting to see that. And that's good from a, uh, a coach perspective. It's good because the fans know that we're not going to be carrying those passengers. But I think the players now are feeling the heat. I think the likes of Kenneth Murray will, will be feeling the heat because he, I think he's got a lot to prove. You know, Josh Palmer, we, we've spoke about him um, you know, making improvements in the off-season, making improvements in pre-season. You know, he, he's clearly a man that's wanted to make a name for himself in that roster. Um, but I think you will get your chance with Staley. But you'll probably only get three strikes and then you're out. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's, I think basically Staley... He doesn't want to give up on anybody. I think he wants to give everybody legitimate shots and legitimate legitimate chances to do things. But ultimately, I think what what you're seeing is is a very fair way uh, that he handles things. And you know, I think we can all learn from the way he handles things. I think we can all learn to be more. Hey, let's give people a chance, and if not, then kick him to the curb and let's move on. Let's all get on board the train. You know? Yeah, I mean. I'd love to have been a camera in the uh, special teams uh, room this week. I, I'm, I'm guessing those guys would have had a bit of a grilling off off the coach. Um, but it is what it is. We, we we can't allow those things to happen against Dallas. I mean, this is where, you know, the, the, the benefit of, of pre-season is if you're going to make a mistake and, and allow that to happen, was it an 84-yard punt return? And uh, I can't remember now, as a 90-yard kick return or something daft like that. But if, if they're the mistakes are going to be made, now's the time to make them, but but don't make them again. Um so yeah, I think I think it's history. I think there's an interesting chemistry going on there. I think we're now starting to really see what the charges are going to look like. And I know you and I, John, are massive fans of the athletic. Um again, listeners, we don't we're not affiliated or sponsored. It's great journalism. Um Popper and, and a few other journalists are now saying that Trey Pipkins is, lo- is looking like the man at right tackle. Um, I'm not surprised by that. Are you, John? I mean, not really. I think this is who they've wanted to take the right tackle job all along. Um, I will say this. the I, I think that Storm Norton, as great of a story as he is, you know, practice squad guy uh, from the Vikings gets into a, a situation where he can play, uh, you know, full time in the XFL and shines comes to the NFL and able is able to earn a starting gig. I think that's a great story and all, but ultimately that all shows you one thing he has yet to really find. He really just doesn't have the ability and all the stuff that you need uh, to get to, NFL caliber right tackle position. I think while Pipkins may not be that much better than Storm at this point, I mean, 
I think at the, I mean, last year, from what I saw, I thought Storm might have been a little bit better than Pipkins. I think maybe Pipkins has put in the work and has really maybe closed the gap. So I think what this decision is comes out to is not that right uh, that Pipkins is necessarily that much better of a right tackle. Um, I believe that what it comes down to is that they're about equal at this point, but Pipkins has the youth and the athleticism that make him seem like he's at least got more upside if we give him the chance to get out there. And and, and don't get me wrong, as much as uh, as much as I bag on him, I want Pipkins to succeed. I would love for him to go out there, uh, you know, a little bit of trial by fire again, uh, get better because I mean he's going to make mistakes, right? And the idea I think is that if we can minimize the mistakes, if we can minimize the times where he makes a crucial mistake in a crucial time of the game, if we can minimize those and just have the random mistakes and random sacks in the middle of the game that don't really equate to that much um i think he could be a very serviceable right tackle not great not good not a right tackle that we go hey our right tackle is figured out but at the very least he's affordable and if he can play consistently um you know consistently average uh theoretically that would actually be an upgrade over our previous right tackle situation so you know glad to see that he he's taken step forward glad to see that he's he, he might finally become a starter that you know he was drafted to be um but you know I, I'm not going to get too excited about the fact that he won this job because I really think that it was kind of, hey, Ty goes to the younger guy. Yeah, I, I think I think there's an element of now settling uh, Trey Pipkins in and, and giving him that mental application that you are the starter, start you know preparing like a starter, and I think there's another element of you know it, as I've just said, if you're not up to the mark. Will rotate you out, and um, you've got you've got Storm Norton in the shadows. But it does if you're moving forward now. I know this; we haven't even started the season. But if you're moving forward six six months and this doesn't work out, you know exactly where the charges are going to go in the first round in 2023. It's another offensive tackle. But yeah, I, I want all our players to succeed. I don't want any of them to fail, and um, it just just proves how difficult. The National Football League is because when you've got players come into the league um, from from college, you know, big names that they can be a bust. The Ryan Leafs of this world, the Trent Richardsons, Blake Bortles, Johnny Miles, Johnny Manziel, the, the list goes on. And it, it's it's fascinating, you know, when you, when you first start watching the game as a youngster, people want explosive players, but actually, when you when you start to develop your knowledge and the game, it's 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 the it's the offensive line where where it's all at and obviously quarterback and unfortunately for us I think we've had too many pieces to fill over the last three or four years and when you take that into consideration I think the Chargers have done a really good job I mean Corey Lindsley amazing Matt Feeler amazing you know and then to to get Rational Slater and Zion Johnson but when you're when your roster needs too many pieces at the same time this is when it becomes super. I don't want to say impossible, but super difficult. And you've got to look at teams like Miami and Jacksonville, who've had tons of first-round picks, second-round picks, and they still haven't got it right. So, you know, I think as fans, sometimes we have to take stock and say the the, the guys are practicing their tails off, that they're out there doing what they do. But as, he, as you said, John, it comes down to application. Look, you and I are doing this podcast for a reason because we were never good enough to play football. You know, I never played uh, NFL, uh, American football. Uh, I played soccer. I wasn't good enough. Hence why, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a working man and, and doing 
podcast rather than playing sports. So, yeah, I think we just have to take stock and, and just pray that we, we've we got the right tackle situation sorted. I mean, John, sort of talking technical from a technical stance, if we start seeing uh, Brandon Staley rolling out 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends for additional blocking in the third quarter against the Raiders, then we know kind of we've got a problem. But do you think that he'll try and fix this really early on? Within, if it starts going, if it starts breaking down early in that first game, I mean, we've got we're facing Max Crosby, arguably one of the best pass rushers in the game. Do you think they'll try and adapt quickly, or do you think they'll persevere? Um, I mean, while I don't necessarily think that um, he's uh, still he's going to have Pipkins on a super short uh, leash. I do think that at the very least, um, he's gonna he's gonna at least keep him in there for the first game, right? Like I think I don't think you can just tell a guy, "Hey, you've earned the starting job. This is yours," and then pull him after a rough first game, right? Like, I mean, the the reality is he's gonna have he's gonna have to acclimate to everyday right tackle play, right? He's 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 not he hasn't had to do everyday tackle duty in a while, um, and you know it's it's always different you know, in the game than it is yeah, practice. So I think ultimately there's going to be some bumps and bruises early. And I think that uh, Staley and the coaching staff are expecting it. I'm guessing. I, I don't think that they're, they're throwing him out there at right tackle going, yep, he's ready to go. I think they understand that he is a work in progress still uh, and that he is going to make mistakes. And there's going to be problems. I think to your point, mitigating it with chip blocks and with uh, pre uh, pre snap motion um, kind of, confusing and, and and change and changing things around uh getting him help from maybe even tight end or receiver blocking uh blocking you know whatever they can do to give him a little bit of help in the first few games i think you're going to see a lot of that and i think what you might see is as the season goes on them moving away a little bit from that um uh from all that help uh and trying to see if he can kind of sink or swim on his own ultimately though i don't think that they have in the back of their heads hey we're going to be able to just leave this guy on an island uh, you know, after a game or two, I think there is a, I think that they are going to operate under a dose of re- reality knowing, Hey, you know what? It, it is what it is. This is our right tackle. And we're just going to have to design the offense and design the protections around the fact that we know we have limitations at that position. So no, I don't think he's, he's in, he's in uh, risk of losing his spot in the first game. Now, if he plays the worst possible game, a right tackle could ever play, Maybe he gets sacked after one game, uh, but I think they'll they'll at least try to let him. Even if he starts out a little rough, I think they'll at least try to let him bounce back and recover. Again, assuming it's not like a dire situation where he's let, he's basically getting turnstiled every passing down and Herbert's at risk. Obviously, the first two time, first couple times, uh, he misses a man or lets a guy get by him, and Herbert takes a big sack. Uh, the first couple times that happens. Uh, Staley's going to put him on notice. And if it continues to happen, obviously you have to protect the franchise. You have to protect the quarterback and maybe he would get pulled. But I think that's a very unlikely scenario because again, as much as we bag on Pipkins, it's not like he's atrocious. Okay. Uh, I think he, his play has steadily improved and I expect him to be, 
maybe not quite league average, but I expect him to be just below league average, pretty close to league average. That's my expectation. I think if they're this comfortable with him at right tackle, I think it's because they think that he can at least get to somewhere near league average. Okay. And if he can get somewhere near league average and then get a little bit of help from the the offensive scheming, uh, I I think we can manage him as right as our right tackle for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, we're not that far off. As I said, we've done okay. What we've got, I said, we've done very well with, with, with the piece that we brought in. Um, looking around the uh, inter internet earlier on today, looking at NFL offensive line rankings by unit going into week one, and the charges are around six or seven, depending on, on who's writing that piece. With the, the Browns, Eagles, uh, Kansas City, Detroit, and the Bucks um, edging us, but so you know we we are a we are a, if we if we're relating to one to eight as, as tier one. You could argue that we, we have a tier one offensive line, and has any of those aforementioned teams got an absolute perfect offensive line? I don't know. I don't see enough football from those other teams to say yes, they have. Um, but it, it's, it's, I think because of what's happened with the rotation with Pipkins and Storm Norton, I think you know we're talking about this now, and everyone else is talking about it because it's deemed as a risk. Well. Every other player as well is is liable to giving up pressures and allowing the sack. It happens because we're playing against some formidable pass rushes. That's their job is to disrupt the pass, clues in the title, you know, and get after that quarterback. So again, I think putting this one to bed, let's let's hope that uh, Pipkins uh, at least does a job, as you said, Johnny. He doesn't have to be an MVP standard uh, quality of game. Just just do what he can. To uh, to hold off those pressures and and protect Justin Herbert. Hopefully, by the time he's beaten, if he's going to be beaten, Herbert's released the football anyway, and we're down the other end scoring a touchdown. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and I think it, it for me, it's adding to that anticipation um, of, of actually getting to week one and and, and watching some Chargers football. I mean, we've, we've got another preseason game on on Sunday. I just want to see. From that, I want to see special teams improve. And I want to see our sort of uh, rookies and, and year two pros coming out and, and making a game. Are you expecting anything different, John? Anything that you want to sort of keep an eye out for against the Saints? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna watch running back usage again, I think, because uh, with, with Spiller's kind of injury, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they rotate them in and out. Like, you know, uh, do, do we still see Kelly uh, taking a line share work? Do we see a uh, round tree getting more opportunities? Do we see somebody else getting more touches, right? Just to kind of check out the depth. So I think the spiller injury kind of makes that more interesting. Also, I also think it'll be interesting to see uh, with JC Jackson uh, being down for a couple weeks, um, you know, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like how, how the DB rotation looks out there. Do they maybe potentially put the starting package out there for a few drives? Right. Uh, and if they do, who, who is that? Right. Who's the CB? Who's the outside CB one? Is it Davis? I mean, he's by all accounts, he's had a very good camp and he's looking focused and sharp and ready to play. So, uh, you know, we talked about how how much of a bonus it would be to have Davis back at his former self where he looked like he could be a legitimate, you know, low end CB one, high end CB two. 
um, uh, instead of the CB3 like he was last year. Uh, but if he can elevate himself back to that level, uh, then it's no longer a nice bonus. It is a necessity to help kind of, uh, you know, triage until Jackson gets back. So I think the way that they let the DBs kind of get in there and and where, what positions they're playing in and how they're rotating in and out, I think that's all going to be an interesting um, thing for me to kind of see in that Saints game. Yeah, agreed. I think I think Davis is is this is his chance to shine now because if we are playing without JC Jackson for the first week or two or even three, you know, it's that that old that old saying, next man up. But this is the time now to make your mark and say, yeah, I am capable of of coming in, stepping up, and making plays. We need we need interceptions. We we you know JC Jackson. Mr. INT for a reason. We need interceptions. We need turnovers. We need to do a lot better than what we did in 2022. Uh, sorry, 2021. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm again, the, the preseason, it's not about the result for me. I want to see those individual performance. Because the other thing as well, John, you know, the Chargers have deliberately not played any of the key starters. I know the Chiefs in week two played Pat Mahomes and... Um, Travis Kelsey, I think all their starters got at least two quarters. Um, but with the Chargers, they've opted to keep everyone wrapped in cotton wool, which is a strategy that's, uh, you know, a sensible one. But those leaders are not on the field at the time of play. And I think we're, we're, you're going to get another 3 to 5% out of the like of, of, of Davis when, when Derwin James is there, you know, amongst the defensive backs, calling plays and encouraging people. So... It's a double-edged sword for me. It's, it's to is to obviously keep keep the starters on the sideline, but then I think that we'll see progression and, and hopefully some upward trajectory when when the uh, regular season starts. But uh, more on JC Jackson after the short break. Hey, Bolt fam, the wait is almost over. A new football scene is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week One action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action on opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings with an early win promotion. Get up by seven points, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place $5 or more on any game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply See show notes for details. Welcome back to Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Walsh Jr., joined by my good buddy, John Ayres. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about JC Jackson. Um, Twitter blew up the other day when he announced he was going to surgery. Um, I think he, he, he deleted some of his Instagram feed, which is people do that. And the whole Chargers community went into immediate lockdown and losing their minds. John, I understand it's only a minor surgery just to help uh, improve uh, his athleticism going forward. We're not too worried, are we? Uh, no, it's um, 
it, it's just a scope. Uh, and what that basically means, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to talk surgery with people, but it is considered a minor procedure. It is, it is a pretty straightforward recovery time, uh, two to four weeks, depending on, you know, um, each individual person's healing abilities. Uh, it, it'll also depend on, you know, how comfortable he feels out there. I assume they're not going to need to rush him back. I mean, if he's going to be missing the Raider game and the chiefs game, uh, that is not ideal, but it is what it is, right? What was next man up? Um, I think what's interesting that everyone keeps debating, keeps under, you know, wanting to know about is what's with the timing. Why, if this is supposedly it's about a pre-existing condition that he wanted cleared up, um, and figured out a way to clear it up and, and, and help him feel better in the long run. If this is what that was, why was this not done in the off season, right? Why was this not done uh, before training camp uh, so that he could be ready to go for, for, for the season, right? That seems to be the biggest kind of um, issue that most people have is the timing of it all. Now, um, you know, statements have been made that, uh, the re- one of the reasons he wanted to wait was he wanted to actually go through camp. He wanted to go through some of the preseason action stuff um, with the team, with everybody else, not on crutches, not in the film. He wanted to be there uh, live, running through practices, soaking it all in, getting used to you know getting used to the defensive install, uh, getting used to you know the other guys out there, and building that chemistry uh, before he got the surgery. That was. I guess, you know, what, what the mindset was is that he would, he would spend time getting to know the team, the defense uh, and all that, and then take some time off for the, for the recovering from the surgery versus getting the surgery done earlier. So he didn't have to do that. Now, again, I don't understand this, uh, you know, and I don't have all the information. I don't understand why he couldn't do it. You know, once he signed his big contract, why wouldn't you go in and get the surgery then, you know, and then that way you're, you're, ready to go at camp time. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he got information later on where the doctor's like, Hey, by the way, I think if we did this, this would be a good way. I don't know if it was starting to, the ankle was starting to bug him again. And he was like, Hey man, I've got this nagging ankle injury. Do you have anyone I could talk to? And then he finally sees the doctor who says, yeah, let's do this. This might be a good way to fig- figure that pain out that you've been dealing with for your career or whatever. I don't know. I'm not in the room. I'm not him. I'm not the decision maker. Just it, it, to me, it still feels like an odd time for, for, uh, for those, surgery to happen even if it is considered minor yeah and i, and I think from I'm, i can't speak for all of chargers fans, but i think from i'm making the assumption that we as a chargers family are looking at this roster uh on paper and going wow 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 and all of a sudden somebody's taking a piece of that away and it's like no you know it's that old we, we're we've we're almost close to solidifying what is potentially a Super Bowl winning roster and all of a sudden one of the pieces has been removed. But it's a long season, 17-week regular season football. Even if he misses three, the first three games, um, we've got 40 more weeks of him uh, playing if he, if he recovers and comes in for week four. So I've just... Look, the Chargers know what they're doing. The medical staff know what they're doing. We've just got to roll with it. And as fans, it's another talking point. But fingers crossed for JC Jackson. And uh, let's hope we don't have too many more of those uh, big name injuries heading into that week one game against the Raiders. Interestingly, speaking about the Raiders, John, there's uh, Ra- Raiders Wire. Ooh, um, reading today that PFF are saying that there's a potential 
uh, Alex Leatherwood's a potential trade candidate. Now, my understanding is that Leatherwood's been dropped from the uh, starting roster. Uh, he will not play right tackling week one. Interesting, 17th overall pick of last season. Um, I know he was he was on my radar as a, as a potential uh, signing for the Chargers. I'm glad we didn't go there. And then Darren Waller as well. He's he's out. Uh, he, it looks like he he may not feature in week one as well. So we've got. I think every every roster in the in the in the league has got some sort of concerns right now. Yeah, I mean, this is just what happens. It's football, right? You've got yeah, yeah. guys coming in and out. You've got injuries. You've got a lot of things going on. So it's hard to say exactly. You know what what's going to really be you know, what's the truth for week one? Cause sometimes things sound like it's um, a good idea and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, like sometimes, you know, coaches are known to put misinformation out there and, and you know, and, and do what they do, especially a coach who um, you learn from one of the master deceivers. So um, I think, you know, I'll take all the news with a grain of salt uh, Leatherwood makes the most sense of the, of the two stories that you're that you're kind of talking about here because, I mean, he just didn't play well. He he just did not. Um, you know, I I like Leatherwood as either a very late first or an early second round player. Uh, I felt like he could start, um, but that he would take a little bit of time to you know develop in the game. Um, but it just doesn't seem like he's developed. And again, that may not be the player's fault. It may just be their lack of ability to develop linemen. I mean, it is a thing, right? So I, I'm not sure what to say about Leatherwood, but it doesn't surprise me given how poorly he he played uh, this last season. And maybe they think they have better options. And honestly, when you're a win-now team, you don't necessarily have time to let a player uh, sit there and develop over a year and make some big mistakes, right? You, you have to... Um, uh, you have to make decisions that make you the best football team right now. And would letting Alex Leatherwood, a, a former first-round pick, uh, maybe get more playing time and develop a little bit better on the field, would that be a better long-term solution? Probably. Um, but if you're the Raiders and you went all in by getting uh, Devontae Adams, by you know by 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 bringing in the guys you have already and with with the roster you have, if you're in that position, you don't have time to wait for a guy to develop. Right. So maybe it makes sense to just try to get some value out of him. If there is some, uh, let somebody else who's maybe more dependable, take that role and, uh, and, and move forward. Right. Um, so I, I think that that doesn't surprise me. The Waller thing, it'll be interesting, right? It's an injury thing. We don't know, like, you know, and his personal thing, like what's going on. Like, is he, is he healthy? Is he happy? What's, you know, what exactly is happening with him? Is there a mental thing behind this? So I, I think that'll be interesting to observe. Obviously, it would be a big boon uh, for uh, the Chargers' chances to have Waller not be there. That's one less weapon uh, for the Raiders' defense, or for, for sorry, for the Raiders' offense that the Chargers' defense has to deal with. So, uh, having Waller out would be uh, would be pretty good. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Well, I you know I don't want to jump to conclusions and say great, but you know it yeah. does sound like it's be a pretty pretty good thing. Yeah, I, I won't mind if Darren Waller uh, doesn't play in week one. Hopefully, uh, it's, it's nothing too serious. You know, I don't want to see anything negative yeah. happen to the player. But if he if he's if he's getting back to full health mm. and he's there for week two, great. You know, because it is a handful and he's is a quality tight end, one of the best in the in the league. Uh, moving on, um, episode or series two, season two, all in. Did you watch it? 
Uh, I have not seen it yet. No, it's a. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll not not spoil spoil uh, spoil your thunder with with, with that one. It's quite interesting. Um, I think most of it's focused around Derwin James, but uh, Ch- Chargers media they don't have to knock out some quality uh, quality viewing. Uh, really interesting. I can't wait for the uh, second episode. Um. John, is there anything else charges related you want to cover before our final preseason game? Where we're not far away now, the nights are drawing in. It's uh, September's getting ever so closer. Uh, here we go again on another roller coaster ride. I think my my excitement levels last year were were enormous because of of, of Justin Herbert, uh, his second season. Um, Coach Steli coming in, but they're off the scale this this time round. Um, yeah, sorry, uh, I kind of lost you there. Can you repeat that? Uh, that's awkward. Sorry, yeah. Um, just saying, is is there anything that you're um, looking forward to uh, charges wise between now and the opening uh, day of the the uh, season? I'm, I'm super hyped, more more hyped than I was last year. Um, I think it's because of the, the pieces that, that come in. We know that Herbert will play and we know that the, his, his rookie season wasn't a fluke. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, one, there's still a little bit of disrespect out there for Justin Herbert. I think people still think that there is, um, I don't know, like something's going to fall out the bottom, that there was some sort of smoke and mirrors his first couple seasons. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, for those of us who actually watch Herbert play, we know it's not smoke and mirrors. Um, this whole, like, for me, it's this team needs to make the playoffs. Like, there's no there's no scenario where it is not a complete and absolute disaster if this team doesn't make the playoffs. Like, he, they have to. So I think them getting to the playoffs and hopefully at least winning a game or two in the playoffs, you know, obviously Super Bowl is the goal, but winning a player, uh, winning a game or two in the playoffs, maybe at the very least getting to the AFC championship game. I think that can not only, obviously that's going to be because the defense played up, but it's always, it's also going to be because Herbert played well, right? If Herbert doesn't play well this season, they're not making the playoffs. That's just, that's just the events or butts about it in this league. A defense can only take you so so far, I think, and if Herbert's not playing well, I, I I don't know if they win enough games in this division, uh, in, in this conference in general to make the playoffs. So I think he's going to have to play well, and then I think him playing well for a third straight season and and maybe making it to like I said at least the AFC Championship game, all of that would be just kind of a silence of the critics. So that's what I'm most excited for. I'm, I'm really excited for the you know I'm really excited for the opportunity for him to get there, get some playoff experience. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they go on that magic run, right? I mean, nothing would taste sweeter uh, than a Super Bowl in Herbert's third year with a team going all in and saying, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna go all in for the Super Bowl," and then they do it, uh, and then he can cement his legacy as one of the top young, as probably the top young. I think all the Joe Burrow stuff goes away, to be perfectly. And I mean, not that Joe Burrow goes away, not that he's gonna play poorly, but I think this whole like where they're still like, well. Maybe he doesn't have the stats, but Burrow's got the swagger and he took his team to the to the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that stuff, um, you know, that, that people try to use that against Herbert to try to say Burrow is the better quarterback. I think if Herbert takes this team to the Super Bowl, I think having a third straight year uh, of good play, I think that, in my opinion, should silence the critics, especially since I don't have in my own personal takes, I don't have the Bengals make the playoffs. I have them missing the playoffs. I think the Ravens, uh, make the playoffs in that division. 
I think they're too good uh, with when the healthy. Uh, I, I think they're too strong of a team. I think they're too well coached. I think the Ravens win that division, and I think the Bengals end up on the outside looking into the playoffs because there's so much good, there's so much talent in the AFC. So I think if the Bengals miss the playoffs and the Chargers make the playoffs and they do well, uh, you know, I think it finally puts to rest this whole debate. I think people are just going to say, "Look, what what else can you say about Herbert? You know, you can try to say, oh, he's not a winner. Well, he won." He got it to the playoffs and he won. So, you know, that, that's what I'm looking forward most to is to hopefully uh, have some success and hopefully be able to kind of shut up some of the haters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- there's not a lot to hate anymore. It, it was it was easy when we had no fans playing the stub up and Philip Rivers when he's is so-called last year and Melvin Gordon was trash, this, that, and the other. There, there's nothing, there's not a lot now. I think the only thing that the haters have got is the Chargers haven't made the um, playoffs under Justin Herbert. But speaking of Herbert, I think you're absolutely right. I still think there's an element of of sections of the media not trusting the Chargers, not wanting to believe in the Chargers, kind of hoping that they don't make the playoffs because they want to believe that their prediction in 2020 was that Herbert wouldn't be as good as as, as Tua, etc. But interesting, I wrote an article on uh, Charged Up Bolts about the uh, AFC West odds uh, uh, from the from DraftKings Sportsbooks. Chargers price to finish first in the AFC West, plus 220, second at 250. Um, the AFC West dual forecast, Chargers Chiefs, uh, plus 210. And then an AFC West straight forecast, Chiefs Chargers, plus 450. Interestingly as well, Justin Herbert has been uh, tipped to uh, lead the AFC West Passing yards at plus 130 with Mahomes at 150, Derek Carr at 350 and Russell at 900. So Herbert stops up there. Clearly, we've just got to go and execute. And we, we've got to, we, we, in my opinion, I predicted a 5-1 uh, AFC West record. I think the minimum, John, is 4-2. and two. I think that has to be the minimum because we know that the Chiefs are going to win 12 games. That's been the benchmark, you, you know, uh, Sort of under Andy Reid, so that's that's the that's the benchmark we've got to aim for. I don't think the Raiders will be able to sustain a long run. It's McDaniel's first season. I think they've still got issues at quarterback. Uh, we don't quite know what we're going to get with with Russell Wilson. He came out of the traps last year for nine games. People were talking about him being the MVP, and then it just went to pot. Now, arguably, that's Pete Carroll's fault up there, but again, there, there's question marks. With Denver, I think I think the biggest the biggest rivals to the Chiefs this year is going to be the Chargers. But we've got to show up. We've got to sort out all those uh, little little bits that that sort of get us in those holes. You know, we've we've got to sort out our special teams. We've got to be better on defense. All everything that the basics we we have to do the basics right. But four and two is the minimum. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be another long slog. Uh, and, a, and a, another nervy end to the regular season, trying to claw our way back into a, a wild card spot. I don't really want to see that, but if that's the way we have to go about business, I think that's what we have to do. Anything else, John? Anything else you want to wrap up with before we... Uh, I think the next time we talk, we'll, we'll be looking, staring down the barrel of week one of the Raiders. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, just, you know, I'm really excited uh, for the season to get going. It is, uh, like I said, it's 
you know, one of the more exciting seasons. Like we thought we were all excited last season. I mean, you know, coming into last season with the way Herbert had played and, you know, with the way the team was looking like, and, and the new, and the new coach, like we thought we were excited last season, this season. I mean, the excitement is off the charts. So I think in general, you know, just can't, cannot wait long enough to get that, uh, to get real football played and, and see the Chargers play. And, you know, uh, for better, for worse, we don't have to wait long for a massive, massive matchup, but you know, we'll save, we'll save the discussion on that week one game for our week one preview show. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Final question before we go, other than Justin Herbert, which single charger are you looking forward to seeing most this season? Uh, um, probably, um, you know, I think we talked about this before. There's a lot that I'm excited about. Um, honestly, it, it's got to be Joey Bosa. I think Joey Bosa with uh, Khalil Mack on the other side of him, I honestly think Joey Bosa is going to be a, a, a legitimate contender for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he makes the legitimate run at kind of, you know, at, at at being the the leader in sacks by the end of the season, I, I I legitimately believe that because he is never gonna he he will have never faced his entire career, um the the kind of one on one opportunities he's gonna have, um this season right like I, I think he's going to just have so much more freedom than he's ever had, um and it's going to be a really exciting to watch. So I think besides Herbert, obviously, I think just Joey Bosa and what he does. Um, with this defense behind him and Khalil Mack on the other side of him, I think that is probably one of the most exciting storylines besides Herbert. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Khalil Mack. I really am. And I, I know what we, we, we're going to get with Bosa. He's going to be an animal. Uh, DraftKings have Miles Garrett as as good as the uh, favorite for defensive player of the year with, with Bosa way out. I think down in seventh at plus 2,000. Fine. Poke the big bear. Make him angry because I, I do believe him and Mac will both have du double digit sacks in, in 2022. And that's what we need. Folks, that's all we've got time for. Um, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel and uh, Spotify, Apple for Charged Up Pod. Bez did a interview with uh, Garrett Sisti for the Lightning Round podcast of the day. That was fun. Check that one out. Uh, we'll be back next one. week. It's a good one. To, a lot uh, of a lot of walk down uh, Chargers memory lane. So. Yeah, it, it was so good. It's, it's really cool. So you know, not a uh, not a whole lot of preview stuff. I mean, there's some preview stuff in there, but it's mostly talking about some of their favorite Charger moments. And honestly, it's a great it's a great listen to. So I, yeah. I highly recommend it. Thank you to Garrett. Thank you to Bez for setting you, that Garrett. one up. Uh, I'm Endzone eighty five. You can get John at. Adroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. You can find us at Charged Up underscore Bolts and Charged Up Pod. Like, subscribe, get involved, come and say hello, um, and enjoy the game if you're going out to New Orleans this weekend. If you're not, enjoy the football on TV, whatever you're doing. Don't drink too much. Don't eat too much. It's going to be a long season. We're going places. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and Bolt Up. Bolt up. Arsenal. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.